Welcome into Mock Trial Masterclass, your guide to controlling the courtroom. I'm Luke, and I want you to be a Mock Trial Master. Let's talk about how you can make that happen. Cross-examination can be one of the most fun and exciting parts of a trial, and as an attorney, it's really your opportunity to show off, if you do it right. There are a lot of mistakes that attorneys make during cross-examination that can turn what otherwise would have been a really, really nice performance into one that isn't nearly as good. And so what we're going to do in this video is talk about the three most common mistakes that pop up in cross-examination and identify them so that you can avoid them the next time you give a cross. Are you ready? Let's go. Mistake number one that's very commonly made during cross-examination that you need to avoid is asking non-leading questions. During cross-examination, it is the time for you to ask pointed, directed questions at the witness that lead to an answer, either a yes or a no. There's no reason at any point in cross-examination why you should ask an open-ended question. The time for that is direct examination. So if your question during cross-examination starts with who, what, when, how, or why, you need to throw it away. Leading questions are what we ask during cross-examination. Every question you ask during cross must be a leading question. And yes, that includes when you're putting in an exhibit and when you're impeaching. So for example, if you're entering an exhibit during cross-examination, it's not is this fair and accurate? Do you recognize this? Remember, we're leading during cross-examination, so you need to ask, you recognize this. This is fair and accurate. And when you're impeaching, the same rule applies. We don't say, did you prepare an affidavit before the trial, or questions like that. We say, you did prepare an affidavit before the trial. No matter what we're doing in cross-examination, we must lead. Because if we don't lead, it gives the witness far too much room to wiggle around and get in front of the jury and start throwing explanations out there. But when we lead, when we clearly direct them to an answer, we keep them where we are in control. And the whole goal of everything we do during a trial must be to control the courtroom. Mistake number two that you need to avoid during cross-examination is using fillers. Now this is probably the biggest mistake that I see across the board on cross-examination. And the championship teams, the elite teams, don't do it. So you gotta make sure you're thinking about this one and not doing it. So what do I mean by not using fillers on cross-examination? Well, here's an example of a few questions that do use fillers. You're 23 years old, correct? And isn't it true that last Wednesday you went to work at the supermarket and on your birthday last year you had a strawberry cake, correct? Right, do you see how with each of those questions there's a little filler like correct, isn't that true, isn't that right, something like that. And the reason we call them a filler is because those types of phrases aren't necessary. They simply fill space that didn't need to be filled in the first place. When you ask your questions on cross-examination, you should phrase them as statements. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, and sometimes when I coach this, I get some reactions like, oh, that, that's weird, what do you mean? Isn't, isn't that gonna sound funny? No, I promise it's not, and if you pay attention, this is what the elite attorneys do. They don't say correct, isn't that true, after 
really any of the questions they ask. They simply phrase their questions as statements. So instead of, you went to the store last Wednesday, correct? They simply say, you went to the store last Wednesday. Now, if your witness is being non-responsive and, and they're sitting there like, is this a real question, right? Feel free to kind of lean in or, or if you need to say, correct, to pull the answer out of them. But as your go-to, you should try to avoid fillers at all costs. Before we get into the third mistake that's so commonly made on cross-examination, I want to remind you that you can schedule coaching with me. And that can be with just me and you, that can be with me and you and a teammate, or that can be with me and you and your entire team. I'd be happy to sit down with you and go over a cross, a direct, a speech, or anything and give you feedback. I can come in front of your team on Zoom and teach on an area of mock trial that you'd like to learn a bit, little bit more about, or I can lead a workshop for you. It's really all up to you. So go to the link in the description or the show notes if you're listening on a podcast platform. Click that link and you'll be able to schedule a coaching appointment with me. The third and final trap you wanna make sure you avoid during cross-examination is going for home run questions. Where this often happens is at the end of a point you're trying to make. So for example, if I'm trying to make the point that a witness on the stand doesn't see very well, and so in turn their eyewitness testimony might not be that credible, I'm gonna ask questions like, your eyeglasses prescription isn't very good. You have to wear glasses. You don't see very well far away. Right, and as I ask those questions, as you probably just did watching the video, you start to get an idea of, hmm, this guy doesn't see very well. Now, what I'm guessing is that as you were listening to those questions, you made the connection in your head. You thought, because they don't see very well, their testimony might not be that reliable. Well, just like you made that connection on your own just then, I promise you, jury members are going to get there on their own as well. But yet a lot of lawyers fall into the trap of during their cross-examination, trying to make that connection for the jury. So instead of just ending that line of questions with talking about the prescription or the glasses or you don't see far away, they want to end the line of questions with some swing for the fences, home run type of question like this. So nothing you say today is, is valuable and, and we can't listen to any of it because you can't see. Right, it, it, it feels kind of good, honestly, to ask a question like that, right? You're, you're kind of putting down the witness that you're, you're punching at, right? But questions like that, you gotta completely get rid of them. Because the point of cross-examination is all about facts. We can make connections like that for the jury during, cross, or during closing argument. If you wanna get up in closing and say, you know, he can't see, his prescription's bad, therefore how in the world could we believe him? Right, that's fine for closing argument. But remember, during your cross-examination, all of your questions need to be very, very pointed and give the witness as little wiggle room as possible. And so when you're asking them about objective facts, like their prescription, the fact that they don't see very well far away, they're really not gonna be able to escape questions like that. But when you throw the swing for the fences home run at them and say, well, well, we shouldn't listen to anything you say, you've just opened the door for them to launch into a long explanation about why, in fact, we should listen to them today. And those kinds of long-winded explanations from witnesses can't happen if you keep your questions pointed. This is a mistake that I see a lot of young attorneys who don't have a lot of experience make. And if you've done this before, don't sweat it, because I certainly did when I was a competitor but you gotta get rid of those types of questions. Swing for the fence, home run questions like those, 
don't work. They don't have the effect that you think they're going to have. They aren't necessary because the jury's going to make those conclusions on their own, and it's going to make life too easy for a witness that you had right in the palm of your hands and were about to leave for dead, but you gave them one last opportunity. So on cross-examination, no home run questions. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to a good cross-examination than just avoiding those three mistakes. But if you avoid those three mistakes and couple that with good cross-examination content, you're going to be way ahead of the competition. Because mock trial masters only ask leading questions on cross-examination, they don't use fillers, and they don't ask home run questions. If you can avoid those three pitfalls, you're going to be a mock trial master.